The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is August 31st, 2023, Wednesday, the last day of August. Can't believe we have already gotten to this point. I have a very special guest for today's show. He is a senior baseball writer for The Athletic. He hosts the Keith Wow podcast. He's written two excellent baseball books, and he doesn't like to admit it, but we've known each other and been friends for a long time. Say hello to Mr. Keith Law. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's been, uh, I, we talked about this in a little podcast that I do on my own, but we've known each other for like 13 years now. This is like yeah. the fourth different uh, type of show that you've been able to uh, do a podcast <laughs> with me. Just keep following you, right? Yeah. And you yeah, followed no, me yeah. too, so. Yeah, and vice versa somewhat and so forth, yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking about prospect stuff. We're going to be going over some prospects who have exceeded expectations have not lived up to expectations, and whether or not we should be excited or concerned. Uh, before I get into that, though, Keith, I wanted to ask you about the news that happened today. Um, mm-hmm. our, our friend Hannah Kaiser uh, called it the Guardian's Angels, which is a very funny... Uh, That's pretty good, push. actually. Yeah, that is pretty darn good. That's good. Uh, a bunch of players... Yes, absolutely. A bunch of players claimed today by the Guardians for the Angels, Luke Giolito, Adam Moore, Ronaldo Lopez... First thing I want to ask you, Keith, is one, actually, it'll be a two-part question. One, is Cleveland still in this thing, and how much does this help? And two, is this real stupid? Because I personally believe that we should probably have something that can't allow this to happen where one team is getting all of these guys when other teams are making these claims. What do you say to both? Yeah, I, I, I'll answer the second one, which is, I actually think this kind of sucks a little bit for the players in that they yes. right they've lost kind of any agency or I mean Lopez and and Giolito right it's it's uh, I almost said Washington Chicago <laughs> Anaheim yeah. to Cleveland in yeah. the span of about five weeks so that's yeah. not ideal um, and so and the way this is structured right they're less likely those players are less likely to end up on a playoff team through the waiver yes. process right because it's the lowest team in the standings that submits a claim. So that's not really great. I would feel a little better if there were some requirement to send something back. I don't know how you would actually put that into uh, a statute, but it does feel like people compare it to Charlie Finley. It's not exactly like that. That's a little bit of an exaggeration here, but the angels just like sort of opening the barn door and, and just saying, yep, go run, run. That doesn't, right. It's uh, I'm not, 
super into it. Um, now, what I will say is Cleveland odds are very much against them, but they mathematically yeah. have a chance with the twins. They have a couple games left against the twins. This makes that race or could make that race a little more interesting. And I'm all for that, right? Any sure. race getting more interesting. I am not here for blowouts, not here for teams running away with playoff races. We've had way too much of that in recent years in baseball, and I don't enjoy it, right? That just right. takes a lot of interest. And I end up, you know, I'm a baseball fan and writer, and I tune out a little bit when it's like, ah, fine, right. they're going to the playoffs. I'll see Atlanta in, in October, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just disappointed I didn't get anyone on waivers. I submitted a bunch <laughs> of claims, but they just, like, they don't answer my texts. Oh man, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a brutal process. We, we do our best to get our players to come. I could do, uh, it's been raining a lot. I need some yard work done, Keith. I could have used uh, some of these guys to help me out there. You know, that would have been nice. You know, they don't, they have, they would have some fun doing, uh, some maintenance around the park. But I think the thing with the waiver wire thing that bugs me is like, once you make your claim, you should put the top priority. And I think this is one of the things fantasy sports gets right. This is how they do it. You make the claim, and then you go back to the end of the line. And if nobody else makes the claim for the other player, then you can do that. But that's not really fair to like a team like Cincinnati. You know what I mean? They get punished for being too good to not get these right. players who apparently made these claims. Arizona apparently put in four claims. I was a little surprised that nobody put in a claim for Randall Gritchick and has really struggled since he joined the Angels. But you'd think somebody would be looking for that fourth or fifth outfielder. Heck, if you're Cleveland, why not just complete the full set? You know, <laughs> you might as well just go get everybody. <laughs> Although I guess you could worry a little bit about whether or not the chemistry is working there based on how Cleveland has played for most of the year. And by the way, real quick, just give me a, a simple yes on this. Geography has got to stop determining playoff spots, right? The, the, we have got to get rid of the division structure for these things. Yes, but what, right? We, we should have so many divisions, right? To me, that's the, that, that's the problem. But what we're going to see is more divisions. Yeah. We're going to end up with eight divisions in baseball. Of course we are. Yeah, yeah, that's We're going to have two teams at some point in the next decade, and we're going to have eight teams of four. And some sucky team is going to go 74 and 88 and make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> You're 100% right. I'm full of sunshine today. Yeah, I mean, maybe just getting rid of divisional structure and just making the six to eight best teams making the postseason. Ideally, for me, it would still be four. Um, But I still, the nostalgia in me guy liked having the old system of having four, even though that's only existed for like 28 years of baseball's long history, you know. So, um, but... I guess it's better than just having two teams make the postseason. There's got to be a thin balance that we can find here, but I don't tr- necessarily trust Major League Baseball to get the right uh, mix into there. All right, so let's talk about these prospects. And the first name I wanted to bring up to you, Keith, is Davis Schneider. Now, Davis Schneider hit 275, 416, 553 with Buffalo. Wasn't completely unheard of, put up some pretty good minor league numbers the years before. But to say that things have escalated is an understatement. And all he's done in the majors, Keith, is post a 1.42 OPS. I'm not going to ask you if that's sustainable, but I'm going to go over these players. We'll start with the positive guys, and then we'll move on to the negatives. On a scale of one to three, one being uh, extremely pessimistic about continued success, two varied, three, you know, obviously. Where would you rank David Schneider in terms of potential of keeping this up? Uh, very, very low, right? What was your yeah. lowest number? One. The zero. low would be the one. Yeah. Uh, that was one. zero works fine yeah. too. <laughs> nope. 
sorry, not buying it. Yeah. Smaller yeah. guy, doesn't actually hit the ball all that hard, swings and misses right. a little too often. Um, no position, which doesn't really impact the offensive numbers. I mean, he's outperforming his batted ball data, and I think his batted ball data in the majors is probably not super indicative either going forward. Like, yeah, right. I'm just not buying it. Like, this is a great story. I also think it's really mm-hmm. funny that the uh, what do you call it, the Blue Jays let go of the scout, Mike Alberts, who signed Schneider, the great oh, job, wow. guys. Like, really? <laughs> he just found like a $1,000 big leaguer like, that should keep you employed for a little while. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a like, great story. Very excited. But we were just talking a little bit before I'm like, you know, this is the Frank Schwindels, right? Lots of guys do this, come up, have yes. a great couple of months. It's a great story. Like it's super exciting. It is not sustainable going forward. I'm sorry. No, it would be really cool if it was, it's not like we're rooting against it. By the way, he's the rare guy that you take a look at like his expected stats and like, you look at these and think, oh, these are so great. And they pale in comparison to what they actually are. Like expecting slugging, slugging percentage of 567, that's great. It's 894 in the majors, which gives you kind of an ind- indication. Uh question. Wo- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, X Wobicon of 532, that's excellent. But it's very hard to, the one thing I will say is he does have a really good approach at the plate. Mm-hmm. I do think he can be that type of guy who can be, a lefty masher type of guy. I don't think he's a third baseman. I think he's probably a first baseman, ideally. And that's just a lazy way of saying, this is the easiest position to play. I'm sorry, Moneyball lied to you. But first base is the easiest position to play. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, or very hard, whatever he said. I mean, he's and I are the two people who have the thing right about that movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun little story. And, you know, if you're playing in a fantasy league, Keep it up. Keep them in. There's no harm in it. There's only a month left in the season. But long term, if he's a guy that you can trade, if you're in a dynasty league, I'm absolutely doing it because there's just no way in heck that David Schneider to me is any more than a bench bat. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with having that on your fantasy roster. Uh, I want to talk to you about, and I want to make sure I get this last name right, and you're going to be able to tell me for sure. Is it pronounced Sejaci? Thomas Sejaci? Am I getting that right? It should be if he's okay, properly good. Italian. I'm properly. pretty sure they say Sejaci. Yes, yes, that's how you would say it if you were actually a good <laughs> Italian. Yes. As I, as I am slash pretend to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. But Thomas Sejaci. Yes. I, um, yeah, I, uh, I, this one I'm buying. I'm on this cool. one. I do think it's pretty legit. Okay, now granted, he's gone completely off since the trade. That might not quite be sustainable. However, right? Um, no, I think this one's for real. Like, I think he's a legit prospect, and I think yeah. that um, that the Cardinals did very well there. And I think yeah. he's got he used to be an above average regular. Also, good job by the Rangers. I think he was their fifth round pick in the shortened 2020 draft. Like, that's right. pretty fantastic. Also, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. He was not a guy who was on a lot of radars that I remember for that 2020 draft and absolutely is outperformed Uh, for those unfamiliar hitting 321, 389, 556 with 24 homers over 119 games at two different double a levels was acquired in the deal that sent Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. You know, I will say this. I don't think Texas should regret that trade too hard now, just because I think that they do have some depth in their minor league system that like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, 
the process of the trade I thought made a little bit more sense because of their infield depth. Uh, still guys like Dust or Justin Foskey that I like along those lines, but there's no question he's played well. And you talked about it, Keith. Since he moved over to Double A into uh, the Cardinals organization, he's been scorching hot, slugging percentage mm-hmm. over 700. So you're you're a believer in the power going long for uh, in the long term as well. I don't know that he's a plus power guy. Like I think he's okay. a 15 ish homer guy. I think he can okay. hit. I think he can really yeah. hit. Yeah. yeah, and he's and- gotten. I'm a big fan of players who make adjustments and show improvement over the course of. In, within a season, in addition to yeah. season overseen season, now look at where he was at the beginning of 2022 to where he is now. He's made substantial improvements, um, more in approach than in mechanics. I don't think anything's that different about, say, the swing, but I'm def I'm a believer. ETA 2024. You'll see him at some point next year, don't you think? It yeah. seems reasonably likely. So we're going three on that one. That makes absolute sense. Uh, Let's talk about a couple of pitchers and one who has been maybe the most improved pitching prospect in baseball. And of course, he hasn't been in the system that long. But Drew Thorpe, in 130 Mm -hmm. innings in the Yankee system, he has a 168 to 35 strikeout to walk ratio, a 2.56 ERA. This was a sixth round pick out of Cal Poly, who is kind of an underrated baseball factory. You know, there's been some pretty darn good players that have come out of there. Mm hmm. Where are we going with Drew Thorpe in terms of one to three? Um, I he's gone off in three starts in double A. He's got a plus, maybe a plus plus change up. He's got a pretty good breaking ball, and uh, that's actually kind of all he's got. Like his fastball is well below average for me. It is not particularly hard, and it also uh, it doesn't have a lot of movement to it. So mm. he, he can certainly throw strikes, but that's kind of all you've got there. And I am, yeah, I'm kind of a skeptic here um, that I think he's a back end starter. He may even mm. end up a reliever. He is nowhere close to this line he's put up since he got to double A. It's 21 innings, nine hits, two walks, which, yeah, he throws a lot of strikes and 30 sure. punch outs. Like this isn't going to work in the big leagues because the fastball is so light. Now it could work as a back end starter, but just very limited ceiling to me. Um, he was a second rounder, by the way. The sixth rounder was Chase Hampton, who I actually like oh, a little bit fault. more. That's okay. Yes, that's I actually cool. like a little bit more of, of Yankees pitching prospects. I think he might sure. be the best of their little group of pitching prospects. Thorpe gets some pub. Will Warren's gotten a, a fair bit of hype. And I think Hampton's at least the most interesting. That's you know, there's obviously a lot that goes into that, but I am definitely intrigued. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I like Hampton more as well. You know who uh, this profile kind of reminds me of? And I'm not completely giving up on him just yet, but it's a little bit to me like the Brandon Fott situation where a lot of missed bats off command and deception necessarily mm-hmm. more than having elite stuff. Would you kind of see that profile similar or disagree there? No, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could absolutely see that. And, and that's the thing you have to worry about, folks, is when, you know, it's great to have great command and throw a ton of strikes in the minor leagues, but there's just a track record. If you take a look at prospects who don't have, and sometimes you can't access this and sometimes you can't that don't get those scouting reports of having a plus or hopefully a plus plus pitch, the chances of missing bats at the highest level are just not the same. Like you can certainly get some strikeouts with deception and you can miss some bats and initiate a lot of weak contact, but you're also taking a big risk. Like velocity matters, folks. Anybody can say whatever they want. 
velocity really does matter, especially in the year of our Lord, 2023. (laughs) Uh, The last picture I wanted to talk to you about, uh, former Mariner Connor Phillips. Now, he has a 4.09 ERA. That's a little misleading because he has really struggled as of late. But a 148 to 56 strikeout to walk ratio, that was 111 and 27 when he was with AA Chattanooga. Unfortunately, it's only been 37-29 since being called up to the AAA level. I kind of thought that there was a chance that Phillips might make some starts for the Reds, in part because of the injuries to the rotation, in part because some of the guys who have gotten the chance just haven't gotten it done. Uh, Where do you see long-term from Connor Phillips on that 1-3 to scale? I think he's – I guess he'd be a 2. I don't – I I think he's more like the guy he was in AA than what we've seen Mm -hmm. from him in AAA, and they've – I mean, I think he also may be running out of gas. And, you know, we've talked about this. I talked about this in the podcast with Derek Van Viper that I do at The Athletic. Walk rates are just up in AAA because of the challenge system because they're using the automated ball strike system. And that is definitely messing with some guys. That doesn't explain all of Phillips, the bump in Phillips walk rate. I, sure. Like I said, I, I also think he's kind of running out of gas too. And, oh, yeah. You know, that's not great but also not a huge like long term as long as he's healthy like at some point i might consider just saying you know what we're we're good right he hasn't thrown yeah. more than he threw last year but he definitely seems to be tapering off um and so you know they've continued to run him out there but he's going like one or two innings because he's hitting pitch counts or pitch limits for innings sure i think too early and maybe it's just maybe you do consider at some point just saying all right i think we're i think we're good here <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely call, call it a successful season um, mm-hmm. he's not probably not going to help the Reds this year, which is a smidgen disappointing just because of how well he was pitching at that double a level, but that's fine. You, you take the not long-term step. I think he's probably mid more mid rotation. I'd also, if the command issues did continue, be really curious to see what Phillips could do as like a multi-inning reliever or even just a high leverage guy. Cause I think mm-hmm. that stuff could be absolutely nasty. I think that's true for every Cincinnati yeah. pitcher, to be honest with you. Like Lodolo, who is not the command artist that some people thought he was going to be coming out of double A uh, or coming out of TCU, excuse me. I was in double A at some point. Wildly overrated. Yeah. Like, yes, I indeed. I just can't with that guy. Like, yeah, I totally I, understand. You know, cannot get, can't stay healthy, can't get righties out. Like these are yeah. legitimate issues. And some yeah. of these guys who just didn't have access to pitch data and don't, we don't know what they're looking at. We're huge, huge sure. Lodolo advocates. You got to watch these guys play. And you yeah, can see absolutely. that right-handed hitters are going to get a very long look. And what does Lodolo do? He just kind of goes middle, middle in on those on those guys. Yep. And that's, it's been a real struggle for him now. I hope he gets healthy. I, obviously, right. what's going on you know, he's for sure. this entire year. And that's like I think he's better than what you saw in the two months to start this year also. I think there's <laughs> something in between this year and last year. Sure. Yeah. And I also think ideally uh as our good friend or our friend from uh rotowire uh jeff erickson puts it a uh, great american small park is not a great mm. ballpark for uh Lodolo as well maybe sure. would be a little better in some of the more cavernous parks all right we're gonna get into the second half of the show and talk about some prospects who have not necessarily lived up to the hype and how concerned we are but first we're going to take a quick commercial break We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never really know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. All right, we talked about the happy guys, and you know, there's a little bit of bitterness mixed in with there as well. Let's talk about some guys who di- were disappointing and whether or not we believe in them long term. And let's start with one of, I think, the most disappointing prospects, at least statistically. And folks, <laughs> stats can lie to you. Player development is not linear. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about Diego Cartaya, though, because a guy that I know we have talked about a lot and both big fans of, but has hit just 189, 278, 379. 
19 homers, 117 to 37 strikeout to walk ratio, over 354 at bats. Keith, I think we both still remain long-term fans of Cartaya, but how much has the luster dropped a little bit off of the struggles that he's had in 2023? Yeah, it has for sure. Um, it's concerning that you know, he's young and he's also a catcher, and I do give catchers a good bit more time to sure. develop. Like I do believe in the axiom that says that catchers take more time, Ethan Salas notwithstanding. Um, and so, That's you know, and Cartaya is... 21 and you know because of the COVID year and because he missed almost all of 2021 20, due to point. injury pretty inexperienced 268 career minor league games um yeah that said this year sucked <laughs> he's just yeah. been really bad <laughs> sure um you know striking out just a little bit more than you'd like a lot of fewer walks a lot worse results on balls in play some power but not in just nowhere near the offensive profile that we were expecting and yeah, that is disappointing. Not giving up on him. Um, you know, maybe he goes back to Tulsa next year. Uh, and like I said, a 21-year-old catcher, you give do give sure. that guy extra time. But I And so I'm not really changing my long-term outlook, maybe slightly. I would mm -hmm. say I'm increasing the risk, how I'm assessing the risk of failure, the risk that he really sure. just doesn't pan out, rather than changing anything I think, say, about his ceiling. Yeah, I just think there's more added volatility based on what we've seen so far this year. Like, And that certainly happens for prospects. It certainly happens for players the age of Cartaya, who does not turn 22 until September 7th. Do you believe Dalton Rushing is now the best catching prospect in that Dodger system? Yeah, it's probably the safe bet, right? Like, not saying I love kind of going there, but I think that's probably the safest bet. Yeah, and, and it's worth pointing out, uh, if you're an, an average guy, you're going to look at rushing and wonder what the heck we're talking about. Don't do that. Uh, on base percentage of 402 <laughs> with a 442 slugging percentage. I think some people are a little nervous about him long-term catcher. Uh, maybe he is more of a first base profile type of thing. Do, what, do you think long-term that he can stay there? I think he's a catcher. Rushing? Yeah. I don't I don't yes. have any issues with him defensively. Like, I think yeah. he's fine. Yeah, and um, I think that I think he's uh, going to hit enough that people aren't. It, it, I guess it goes both ways. He's going to hit enough, no one's going to care, or he's going to hit enough sure. and say, "Well, he can't be a very good defensive catcher if he hits that well." Right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. The, the stereotypes they do yeah. exist. Uh, Zach Veen, who has my favorite spoonerism of any player, vaccine two oh nine. 303, 308. I have to give credit to Grant Bisbee. He's the one who brought that up to me. Of course. Uh, 209, 303, 308. Two homers in 46 games, a surgery to undergo repair on a torn ligament in his left hand, has stolen 22 bases. Thefts have not been a problem for Zach Veen, but consistent offensive play has been, and this is now two consecutive disappointing offensive years. Do you still have long-term excitement for Zach Veen, or is this um, more of a borderline reclamation product at this point? I started to temper my expectations for him coming into this season because uh, in bar large part, because I saw him in fall league last year and thought, right, this guy hasn't like his power, if anything, has gone backwards a bit. Sure. It certainly hasn't improved um, since where he was in high school when I thought he was going to be a power guy. And it's just, he hasn't improved his contact quality, whether it's just that his strength, he doesn't certainly doesn't look any different. He's faster. He's a better runner. He's contributing more on the bases, but he has, my sense is he hasn't gotten any stronger or not nowhere near enough 
stronger since high school. And so unfortunately to me, that was a pretty clear like, oh, this guy maybe just isn't the player we thought he was and that stinks. But And I still think he is a big leaguer, but it's a totally different profile. And now I have questions about what is the chance that he is a star. Maybe he ends up getting to that point where he becomes a um, he gets to that point where he becomes an above average player because he develops some power later on, but several, several years in, right. He was the 20 draft. He was the last player I think I saw before the world ended. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That what I remember too, about that draft was that there were some really intriguing high school uh, bats in that draft. Austin Hendrick. uh Oh, Zach Bean kind of looks like an uh-oh right now. And Robert Hassel, who has shown very little consistency so far, not a great-looking group. And what was interesting, too, about Bean was, like, so he slugs 501, and but he only comes with he hit 15 home runs over 399 at-bats. That's not great. But he was playing in a AAA park with, like, AAA surroundings. Remember, the Fresno became AAA, so I was like, oh, maybe that's a little more difficult, but – there was plenty of chances to hit homers elsewhere and there's plenty of chances to hit for power in the double a league as well. Um, Hartford, not necessarily the friendliest as far as I remember, but not exactly like it's not cavernous Keith. He he should be showing the ability to drive the baseball more than he is. He's still pretty interesting from a fantasy perspective, just because of the steals. He has 113 in three seasons. That's really interesting, but a 417 slugging percentage, this is not the profile that people were thinking. Like Zach Veen was seen as the guy, like when he was drafted, like that power's going to come. But I think it's kind of like George R.R. R. Martin. I think he lied about those dragons. And I think maybe people were incorrect about Zach Veen having that power. <laughs> you know, my thought was, is this guy, um, could he be the player everyone thought David Dahl was going to be? Dahl, oh, I didn't yeah. see in high school, but you know, the reports on his season, if I remember correctly, his high school season in Alabama ended super early. But right. people were pretty in. And, you know, the Rockies, they go for tools. They let, they love their athletes. It's at, That's been a pretty consistent approach for them for a, a really long time. And, um, you know, Dahl was athletic and didn't really manage to translate it. Now, Veen is athletic and is translating it into certain ways, but not into other ways. And that does kind of give me, you know, some pause here in that. Also, I look and look Colorado historically. Have they developed a lot of guys? Like they've had some pretty good athletes come through there who have not really reached their ceilings. Like Ryan McMahon turned into a really nice big leaguer. Has sure. it certainly hasn't been the player I thought he would be. You can point to Nolan Arenado. That's absolutely a success story. And I think Charlie Blackman, yeah. going a little further back, has been a sure. success story. So it's not like they've never done it. But yeah. I think over the long term there, they've had some trouble with this particular category of player which probably right. makes me a little bit more bearish. Now I think you could get Zach Veen maybe in a different system and that also, and that changes things. So, you know, from a fantasy perspective, um, I'm not saying give up on him. I'm just saying right. be aware that there's yes. quite a bit more risk here because if this guy really just doesn't have much thump, then your real world value and your fantasy value is kind of limited. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a very... Very, very fair point. Uh, let's talk about some pitchers. Gavin Stone, a 5.04 ERA with AAA Oklahoma City, a far worse ERA and far limited action with the Dodgers, 10.5, 113 to 45 strikeouts to walk ratio. Missing bats really hasn't been that much of an issue. Throwing consistent strikes has been. He's already walked more guys this year than he did in all of 2022. 
which was the breakout of breakout seasons. Certainly mm -hmm. people were aware of Gavin Stone, but then yeah. it just absolutely exploded, gone from a potential back-end starter to a guy who maybe pitched at the top of the rotation. I still think there's some long-term success possibility for Stone, but even, even like the biggest optimists have to admit that there's a lot more volatility with Stone than people anticipated. Yeah, it's been – I mean, his fastball's been just very, very disappointing. Like Major League hitters yeah. have had so little trouble with it, so much less trouble than I think folks anticipated. I mean, yeah. I think it's fair to say that the changeup was the calling card. Right? Right. That was the expectation was the changeup was going to be the, the out pitch for him, but that the fastball really had a chance to play because of its velocity and some of its secondary characteristics and major league hitters have just said, Nope. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, he was, he's actually, you know, he had a couple of one real disaster start in the big leagues yes. and a couple of disastrous other disastrous ones. And then when he was up the other day, it was basically just homers. Like it, I know that's like a weird thing to dismiss, but if you're looking no, at his totally overall body of work, right. He faced 25 batters and he only put seven of them on base. Now three of them, you know, the home run, that's not nothing. Yeah. Obviously giving up yeah. home runs is bad. However, sure. like to me, it was like, I thought, there's some signs of progress here. I don't love everything. He didn't miss as many bats as you'd expect, but it seems like he was limiting some of the really damaging contact um, or mm -hmm. at least the quantity of it. I still think there's something there. And just as you said earlier, development is not linear. Like, no. This guy, you know, another guy who's come a long way in a short period of time, hasn't pitched mm -hmm. a ton. Let's see how this develops. I'm not giving up on him. Um I also do wonder, is that a situation where maybe he just ends up somewhere else because the Dodgers right. say we can't wait, but someone yeah. else can, maybe someone sure. else can. Absolutely. Especially with considering just how much pitching depth they have. Ryan Pepiot now showing signs of life again, which has been awesome to see. Like it was all never a question of stuff with Pepiot. It was whether or not he could throw enough consistent strikes. He's looked pretty good at doing that, but they've got guys like River Ryan and uh, Nick Frasso and Landon Knack and Peyton Martin and even Kyle Hurt that are like waiting in the wings. And, you know, if you're the Dodgers, you have the best player development system on top of more money than God. You can pretty much do whatever the heck you want in times in terms of that situation. And it might be better for Stone. It might be better for him to go join a rotate a different pitching system because the development stuff looks pretty done to me. It's just a matter of him the refinements it's the matter of actually being able to finish off hitters at the highest level i'm not calling him hector noesi with two strikes or anything like that but there are some <laughs> times at the highest level where he just hasn't been able to finish off hitters but long term if you're in a dynasty league if you're in a keeper league i'm not just giving away gavin stone there's just yeah. too good of stuff and too too many glimpses of brilliance even in a disappointing 2023 season to just completely move on i'm not sure about this one though Jack Leiter, a 5.40 ERA, 68 innings, the good, 89 strikeouts, the real, real bad, 43 walks. This is a tough one for me, Keith, because I was a big fan of watching him in college. I thought he was slightly overrated being talked about as like one of the best college pitching prospects ever, in part because I'm old enough to remember Steven Sprosberg, by the way. Steven Strasburg retiring is just making me feel so old, Keith. That yeah, I don't is like just I don't like it one bit. But Leiter has more struggled than been good. Is there still reason for long-term optimism with Leiter going forward? Um, I'm very concerned. 
Yeah. I'm absolutely concerned. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, this isn't the guy we thought it was, right? I think it's just fair to say he's not that. This command guy that he was supposed to be, he's just, he's not Mm -hmm. that guy anymore. And I don't know what else to tell you. Like, no, no, stuff itself is not so good that he can just overcome this. It's just not, yeah, no bueno. Yeah. I, and, you know, I was pretty high on him at one point before sure. that sort of weird missed start. I don't think that has anything to do with his current struggles, but he missed that start that one time for Vanderbilt right. without a whole lot of explanation. And then, um, but he seemed to be better when he came back. And that's, yeah, that's kind of it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't he, feel good about yeah. this one. No, I don't either. And I don't like it because I'm not rooting against Jack Leiter by any stretch of the imagination. I, uh, he didn't cut me in line at Wawa or anything like that. I want I want him to have, I want you him have to Wawa have, out there. Stop it. No, I wish I did though. I was living in Virginia Beach and getting to go into Wawa was an awfully nice thing. All we have here is <laughs> crappy old 7-Elevens. The show brought to you by 7-Eleven. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jack Jack Leiter, like if you're playing at a real deep dynasty league, fine. He's only 23 years old. It certainly seems like he's a little bit older than that, just because it feels like he's been around for a while, but because draft eligible sophomore i can't in good consciousness like recommend him as an addition but i, I don't blame people for holding on because the mat, bat missing's there like he has struck out 198 hitters in 161 career innings that's strong right but he's walked 99 guys in that time and i just don't know if he has the arsenal He's more of a thrower than a pitcher at this point. And that's disappointing from somebody that I think was taken with the second overall pick. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he is just, it looks like he's in search of something. Yes. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and it's not. I don't know. That one is really mystifying. If you told me he struggled to miss bats, he told me he struggled with, he missed enough bats, but he gave up too much hard contact. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure. All not entirely unexpected outcomes, at least for whatever that's worth. Do you think that some of this might have to do, and I'm not insulting the Texas player development system, but we've seen this from a few pitchers with them. Like you saw what happened with Cole Reagans. You saw what happened with a few other arms where you've seen command just kind of go away a little bit. Is he maybe a change of scenery prospect guy too? Yeah. I th- well, yes. In the sense, do I think other teams would target him as such? Would I love to see yeah. him go to Tampa Bay? Fair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. I or think Cleveland. He, yeah. And I think that happens at some point because I sure. think Texas is motivated to just say, we're trying to win now. Is this guy going to help us win now? No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We need to move on try something else. Boy, are they ever motivated to win now? And it's, uh, as a Seattle Mariner fan, it's been a little bit fun to watch the collapse a little bit, just because I would like to see the Mariners <laughs> win a division for the first time since I was 18 years old, Keith. But it is still, I'm rooting for them just because I want to see teams that try get rewarded. And I think the Texas sure. Rangers have gone all out to get, uh, to get those rewards, and I'm hoping that it pays off for them for a wild card spot. Not the Hale West but for a wild card spot. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for joining me. Tell everybody the good stuff that you're doing over at The Athletic. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. I wasn't aware I was doing good stuff over there. <laughs> no, I, I write about baseball for The Athletic. Um, so you can find me over on their site. Um, and I cover prospects, whether it's the draft or the minors. I occasionally write about some major league topics. 
I uh, also, you can find me on Twitter, not calling it the other thing, at least until the site implodes. I'm on Twitter at Keith Law. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Threads, Mr. Keith Law. I am R. Keith Law, same as my Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Keith Law Writer. I'm on Spoutable, Keith Law. Until we figure out which one of these is going to be the next thing, I'm just kind of on all of them, and I'll let y'all sort it out. But Throw do- them darts. Yes, pretty much. You can also <laughs> yes. generally find me on metalparty.com slash blog, which is my personal blog, and That's I do um, lots of board game reviews over at Paste Magazine and at Vulture. I write about board games. I just write write things we'll write for food that's pretty much my motto (laughs) it's as good of a motto as i've ever heard uh thanks everybody for tuning in uh you can follow me on that website at crawford underscore m-i-l-b at blue sky i am at crawford chris v really appreciate everyone tuning in a reminder that we have new episodes every single day for the rest of the regular season and we really appreciate you checking those out please hit like please hit subscribe all that good stuff and we will see you next time Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.